Are you not having the success you want with your direct bookings? Perhaps you are tired of feeling like you are out of your depth and wish there was an easier way. Well, I've got an exclusive free training coming up that just might help. Join me on April 4th when I will share the top three mistakes that I consistently see vacation and short-term rental property managers make in their desire for direct bookings that could be costing you major profits. I will also be sharing my top tips in building your own direct booking sales engine that will bring in those direct bookings while you sleep. Come and join in the fun. Head to my website, directbookingsuccess.com, and click on the free training button to join me on April 4th, because you deserve your own direct booking success. You are listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast, bringing you all the information you need for your short-term rental to stand out from the crowd. I'm your host, Jen Boyles. As an owner and manager myself, I know how hard it can be to navigate the hospitality industry. I'm here to help, so you too can have direct booking success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Direct Booking Success Podcast. I'm Jen Boyles, your host, Today, I have Sarah Orchard with me. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. It is great to see you. We spoke, goodness, a year or so ago in episode 16. So if anyone's listening and you haven't listened to episode 16, you might want to go back and have a listen because we really dive deep into Sarah's Hudnall hideout, the Hudnall's hideout, and how she set up her business and her her treehouse and marketing. And we we got, yeah, it was a great conversation. So go back and have a listen to that. If you're new, I'd love for Sarah to maybe tell us a little bit about who she is. It's Jen. It's great to be here again and to catch up with you. Yes, I'm Sarah Orchard. I am the co-owner of the Hudnall's Hideout, which is a luxury treehouse in the Wye Valley in the UK, quite near Wales, which is north of Bristol. And I'm also the creator and founder of GetFullyBooked com, which provides online marketing training for hosts. Great. And, you know, before we go too much further, I want to tell everyone that Sarah is coming back to speak at the Direct Booking Success Summit, which is happening on October 3rd to 5th this year, 2023. So if you're listening to this in, in real time or this week, do come over and um, sign up, but she's going to be presenting. So we want to talk a bit about what she's going to be presenting on, and that is about turning your website into a direct booking magnet. Now, we're not going to give away everything in our talk today because we want you to come and sign up for the free summit. But let's start off about websites, Sarah. Let's talk about how important it is to have a website from the beginning. Maybe we should start there. That's a great place to start, Jen. Yeah, I think the key thing is it's the one thing I find that most short-term rental and glamp site owners, holiday let owners, they they get a little bit wrong in that we all spend a lot of time creating our businesses and getting it ready for our first guests. And then most of the budget goes on all of that. And then we have no money left um, to actually build a great website. And ultimately, that is, the, you know, that is your, I think, your strongest, you know, marketing weapon that you have for, for direct bookings. And it often gets overlooked. It often gets left till the last minute. Like I said, the budget often runs out. And then it's a case of 
maybe a friend might create something or you might not have a site at all or you cobble something together or you're under pressure to co cobble something together on like WordPress and you've never used WordPress before. And obviously that's not going to potentially put you out there in front of your ideal guests in the, in the best possible light. So it's, I'm very passionate about how important and fruitful and, you know, lucrative having your own direct booking website is. Yeah, because we need somewhere for people to book. You know, that's, that's, you know, just simplifying it a lot, but, you know, we need somewhere for people to book online. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if that budget is gone, if you're going, oh my God, I'm in that situation that Sarah's meaning my place is amazing, but I've spent the money, you know, what do you think that they can do? Well, there's a couple of things you can do. I mean, I've had, I've had clients in the past who, you know, I've been in exactly in that situation. And what I've generally advised is get something up on Facebook, you know, get a Facebook page. That's like a bare minimum. Um, if you can get the booking system set up, even if you haven't got a website to host it on, you could still link to a direct booking button. So if you invest in like these off the shelf booking systems, there are like hundreds out there. I won't name and shame them all. Um, <laughs> But we'll get in trouble if I do. But there, I, you know, we use we use one for our treehouse business, and we pay an annual fee, and basically it does all of the heavy lifting in terms of showing a booking calendar. You know, you put the rates in, it does all of the back end stuff, it sends all the booking confirmations, all the usual lovely um, direct booking stuff, and you could you could set that up quite easily. You yeah. could also even even use. I mean, when we started, we broke ground for our treehouse build nine months before we opened. So I set up a, a MailChimp sign-up form because I had no website at that point. I had my branding, but I had no building to take pictures of. <laughs> it didn't exist. So, you know, we had a, a, an architect's drawing and that was it. And we had nothing to photograph. So you can't actually build your website until you've got something to, you know, actually showcase. So I created the sign-up form and we started collecting you know, email addresses so that we had a little database to be able to send out, you know, an offer to when we were ready to, to launch and obviously to let them know when the website was ready. So there's a couple of, you know, there's workarounds that you can do. Definitely. And to have that little database of those interested when you go to launch probably made your life a lot easier than starting from scratch at the point where you're launching and it's like, okay, where is everybody? And all you can hear is crickets, Right. And I think that's the the trap that a lot of people get into. They're like, oh, I don't have anything. So I can't do anything until the building's done, the renovation's done, you know, the couch is in, the beds are made. And it's like, wow, let's start from the beginning and let's try to build a bit of a community, a bit of an audience before we launch. So that those are great tips. Those are great tips there. And you mentioned about the PMS, you know, a lot of them do have a free website sort of, you know, capacity with them and starting out, you know, hey, why not? If that is what your budget allows, you know, and then maybe then look to invest in the website when you've got the financial, when you've got the 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 bandwidth yourself. There's so much going on when you first launch a property. So that's that's some great advice there. So let's talk about people who maybe already have a website up. And what are the kind of things that they can be doing to sort of start to attract the right, the right guests? That's, that's a great question. I think it starts, as it always does with marketing, understanding who your ideal guests are. And again, that 
tends to be a little bit of a pitfall that people fall into because they start you know, briefing a web developer or building the site themselves, the website themselves, and they haven't really thought about you know, who they want to attract. So obviously all of the content on your website is is doing a job. It's a, I always say it's a bit like a filter. So we want our website, our direct booking website to be a magnet, but we also want it to be a filter that actually gets rid of the, the, the guests that we don't want to stay. And that actually sounds very harsh. And it's not necessarily that they're bad guests. It just be, might be that, you know, what you have to offer doesn't appeal strongly to certain segments of, of potential guests that are out there. And if you're trying to appeal to everyone, you, you don't really appeal to anyone. So it's always about trying to think about that first before you start, you know, creating that website and making sure that you can convey the guest experience that they're looking for. So that if you don't know who your guests are, it's very, you know, your ideal guests, it's very difficult to then think about the content that needs to be on the website to actually in, interest them and engage them and make them want to book. Yeah, I think I, I couldn't have said it better myself, really, Sarah, <laughs> because I think a lot of people get stuck with that. Cause they're like, I don't want to turn down bookings. And the point is, you're not turning down bookings, you know, but if you have bookings with, you know, say your place, you're dog friendly, but you're not, you know, carving out that that going into that content on your website and then someone comes in that's allergic, they're going to have a terrible time. They're not going to enjoy it. They're going to give you a bad review. And so what would be better than to have had that booking or to have said to them using that filter analogy that, hey, this is not the right place for you? Don't you agree? Exactly. That's spot on. I think I think it is about, you know, sort of batting off the, the guests that you're not so well matched to so that you can find all of the the ones that are your your ideal guests and, and best suited to to your experience, because there are so many different types of you know holiday businesses, short term rentals, you know, accommodation out there that there's you know not everyone can be you know equally appealing to every type of guest. So we have to we have to always bear that in mind. And you don't want to because you just want the people that are the right fit, you know, because then they're going to have the best experience ever and become like your biggest fans. I always see these posts in Facebook groups, different Facebook groups about a party that has happened and destroyed this place and all the damage and how terrible the guests were. And, oh, I have to bite my tongue all the time because I just want to say, well, what are you doing? You know, it's not about the tech to, you know, listen in on your guests or watching the doorbell cameras and things like that. But it's like, what are you doing before they even book? Why are these people booking with you? If you don't want parties, you know, why, why are they booking? You know, how, how, what are they seeing on your website that is going, hey, come here and party? Don't you think? <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes you see websites where um, this is another sort of common mistake where they actually go to the opposite extreme and they'll almost have on large, large letters like, you know, we do not accept dogs or we don't have groups or parties. So there's a way, like you say, Jen, of conveying who your ideal guests are without being seen as being bossy or, you know, rude in terms of telling people that, you know, it's not the right, the right fit for them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, that list of rules is not, not at all appropriate either. But what about, you know, showing that it is, you know, who it's owned by, who is running the place, you know, by showing your face on your website. 
I think you're you're building some trust there, but also showing that there are people that care about the property. You're not a, a nameless, faceless co- corporation who, you know, is not looking after that, that, you know, say it's an apartment, you know, you want to make sure that the people booking it know that this is somebody's business. Exactly. And the about page is normally in the top three pages that people go to. And if you think about it, if they're not booking with a big, well-known, you know, like national or international, you know, accommodation chain, they do want to know, I mean, for their own peace of mind, they want to know who they're handing their, you know, hard-earned dollars or pounds over to. And they also, like you say, I think when they they see the real faces behind the business, I think it's it's more difficult to treat the property badly, although some guests still will. Mm-hmm. Um, it is definitely more difficult to actually behave badly if you sort of almost feel like you know the people <laughs> that are running it. Um especially if you don't get to meet all of your guests, like we do um, self-check-in. So, you know, we do a big thing about our story and and how, and obviously, like you say, it's in episode 16, if people want to catch up on that, but the whole story of how we got to do what we're doing. Because I think it does build that, that you know, that trust, but also it builds an element of maybe of, of respect as to, you know, why you're doing it and that it's it's somebody's livelihood and it's our, you know, we feel very passionate about it. So hopefully they, we generally get good guests. Occasionally we, we get some horrors like everyone does. Yeah. Yeah. But you want that connection, don't you? Because, you know, you're not going to go to your friend's house and, and act badly. You know, so why are you going to go to someone you don't know's house and act badly? So it's but then on the flip side, there are places that are geared for parties, you know, not not smash and grab kind of things, you know, or anything like that. But but that that, that is their niche that they want and they accommodate people to come bring their friends and have a good party. You know, and so that's, you know, if you're a guest out there, that's what you want to look for. You don't want to look for the place that is talking about how friendly and family friendly it is and, you know, for little kids and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, look at what and that's a great tip is looking at what you're saying on your website and who you're attracting that ideal guest. Now, what about the people who are going, OK, I've done it. I've got the website. People can book online but nobody is booking. What do I do next? Right. So I think the the key thing there would be look at your the, what the data is telling you. So we have a lovely thing called Google, <laughs> Google Analytics, and it can tell you where people are dropping off your website. So that's very useful. If you feel like, I always describe it, if you feel like your website isn't very sticky. So people are not sticking around, they're going back, they're bouncing back to Google when they've maybe found you or they've come from social and they decide that they're not not going to stay around and, and book. Um, we can get a lot of insights from Google Analytics and there are other analytics tools like Monster Insights where basically it will tell you like what pages they're visiting, where they've exited from your website. So, you know, if, if the majority of people are leaving from the home page, that would then tell me that that maybe your hero image and your initial messaging is not connecting with that ideal guest or they they were expecting something when they clicked from Google, from a Google search, but when they got to the website, it didn't meet with what they were searching for. So there could potentially be a disconnect between, and that comes down to more technical stuff, like we were not going to get into that probably in this session about SEO, but search engine optimization. But you know, ultimately, if you get the traffic coming to the site, but they're not hanging around, it's for me, it's to do with the the content 
and messaging and how you're conveying the experience and that's not connecting with them quickly enough. And that that's the other thing. It's the speed that you have to be able to convey all of that mm-hmm. because you only have six, they reckon, six seconds before someone disappears back back to Google. I have to say, I don't let people have six seconds when I'm on their website. <laughs> I'm a great bouncer. You know, because that's true. It's that disconnect, isn't it? You click on something on Google expecting to find what you're looking for. And the first thing that comes up, if it's not what you're looking for, you leave, you know? So we do it to other businesses. So we have to find out why people are doing it to your business, isn't it? Exactly. And I, and I think you're right. You know, we, I mean, I was looking at some stats in the day on Instagram watch times on reels. And I think they were saying that the average watch time is like six seconds. So it does sort of tally similar to websites in that we all have very short attention spans now. So we want that that instant almost gratification of sort of seeing exactly what we want. And if not, we 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 go and look elsewhere. It's the same as if your website is slow to load or you've got some fancy video on the homepage that people can't watch on mobiles. There can be so many factors that might influence. And often that's a really common thing, actually, that most owners don't go and look at their websites on mobile or mobile. They go and you know, they go and look on a desktop and they've maybe had it designed with a designer and you've both been looking at it on your desktop laptop and you think, oh, it looks great. And then you go and look at it on the mobile and it's just like, oh my God, it's a totally different experience. So that's really important to make sure that with sort of about 70% now of users coming from mobile devices, whether that's, you know, smartphones or tablets, it's really important that you build for mobile first rather than the other way around. So yeah, that'd be a big tip. Definitely, definitely. So when people are searching and they find the website and they click over, what is the first thing that we want to be giving guests? What's that first impression you know, should we be doing a big, huge image? You talked about a fancy video, so I'm going to think that's probably a no-no. But what should we be showing them right away when they click over? Definitely not just shots of the area that you're based in. Because <laughs> I've seen that so many times. When people have come from a search and they've maybe been, like you were saying, searching for like group accommodation or a party pad, and they literally land on a website and the first image they see is a beautiful, you know, cityscape or countryside. And they're like, they don't know what type of accommodation it is. Uh-huh. So, you know, ultimately you need to show them exactly what you have on offer. But ideally, I think you need to show that guest experience. So, you know, the use of having people actually in the image, maybe looking over their shoulder while they're actually enjoying sitting in front of a wood burning, you know, fire or they're around the fire pit or they're sitting in the hot tub. Um, if, if you've got sort of key highlight features, you need to try and sort of convey that really, really quickly. But you want, it's amazing actually the number of shots that people have for like hero images on their homepage that are, they don't really show the best features and the sort of the, the, the biggest draw for that particular yeah. property. And yeah, we all get a bit close to it. And I think that's the difficult thing when you're the when you're the owner and you like you say, you've invested all that time and energy into getting it ready or refurbing it or building it. It can be very hard to put yourself in your guest's shoes and and think about, okay, what are the the things that they really love? And actually I've got a quick little tip on that. Look at your get if you've got a physical guest book or look at your reviews. And look at the thing that your guests always comment on. So if you're new, this is more difficult. But if you've been in business for a while, 
you'll have lots of reviews and you can read the comments of the things like what's the most common thing that people just rave about because that should be what you have in that hero image on your homepage because that's going to attract more of those guests to you. Oh, I love that tip. That's a great one. That's a really great one. So let's turn our attention to your presentation, Direct mm-hmm. Booking Success Summit coming up at the beginning of October how to turn your website into a direct booking magnet. So we've been talking through some of those tips. Can we tell, can you tell me anything more about your presentation to give, give me a, a little insight? I'll be giving too much away, won't I? But I think everyone's going to have a couple, come along to the summit to get all of the tips. I'm going to be sort of going through probably the five key things that I think are essential for making your website a direct booking magnet. So I, we've, we've touched on a couple of them today, um, but I'm, I think I ought to keep some things back for the, for the summit so that people come along and uh, en- enjoy the presentation. But no, I mean, there are general principles. I've done over the last year, I've done 65 website audits, which I loved doing because I'm obviously intrinsically nosy as a marketer <laughs> that I want to, to look at other people's websites. And there's been a few common things which I'm going to talk about in my presentation, which actually most owners get wrong and it's so common and I'm going to draw on that in terms of and I'm going to share a few examples as well with people's permission of you know um, some sites that are getting it you know really good and others that um, I won't name and shame too much but you know things that could be improved that would actually help them get get more direct bookings and we've touched on a few of them in the in this session but yeah I'm going to be going into a lot more detail in my presentation. Oh great well I won't hound you anymore we'll leave it because you, you've piqued my interest. I can't wait to see what what else you're coming up with. Can I ask you the famous question? And that is, what does direct booking success mean to you? Direct booking success to me means paying a lot less in commission. <laughs> we over the last three years, we've I worked out, I did a little calculation. We've we've saved sixty five thousand uh, pounds, so sterling on what we would have paid on commission. So for me, the massive thing that direct booking success brings is is more profit in our pocket at the end of the day. And obviously, you know, you've heard me say how much I feel that the website is a key part of that, but there's lots of other elements that go into your marketing. But for me, it's the massive thing is, is just saving that commission and being more in control and, you know, having more money at the end of the month to, to spend it on, you know, yourselves and your family and, you know, rather than paying paying the, the booking agents the, the commission. Wow, that is a lot of money. My my jaw actually dropped, you know, because you are you you're about a hundred percent book direct. Do you advertise on any OTAs? No, we've been since we launched, we've we're a hundred percent book direct. I've never taken, I've never paid a penny in commission to any any agents. We do do some listing sites which for me are advertising rather than than agents. Um, and they're really, really effective. Um, but we, we've got about three core ones that we use. But the majority of our business, over 50% of our website traffic comes from Google. And we show quite a bit on social and PR. So, it, you know, no no commission paid whatsoever in, in three years. And I think I worked out I'd spent £9,000 on marketing versus £65,000 I would have, you know, paid in commission. So you definitely can get a really good return on your investment if you can upskill and and do your marketing yourself and, and, and you know, get away from the agents. 
Yeah. Uh, yes. And, you know, I think, you know, spending 9000 over 65, you know, everyone's going to say that's a that's a major win. And, you know, ups, upskilling yourself to do your marketing, but also finding someone that you can work with that can help you like yourself or myself. Like we're both here. And it's I think it's a wonderful hospitality, short term rentals, vacation rentals, holiday lets, whatever you want to call it, you know, is a great space to be in. And there are mentors there that you can work with to to help you get these kind of these numbers that that Sarah has been been saying. It's such a supportive community as well. And hosts are very generous with their with their knowledge. And like you say, there are a lot of people out there who can be coaches and mentors and and sort of show you the the most effective way to to do it. Because many of us we've been there and done it ourselves. So we we know what works. So rather than trying to reinvent the wheel, I always think good marketing is not about reinventing the wheel. It's like do the stuff that works and has been proven and you know, you'll get the results. You know, I don't think it is rocket science. There is a process to marketing. And if you work your way through it, it's not out, you know, out with the the grasp of every single owner can do it, property owner. And I think it's just weighing up, isn't it, about the time. And, you know, sometimes that's why people use agents as well. And that's not a bad decision. If you're, you know, I'm never going to criticize somebody if that's because maybe they've got a second, you know, they've got the main job and they're, you know, doing there it might be a bit of a side hustle and therefore or it's you know one one person's working in the business they haven't got the time to do it and i think you have to weigh that up because you definitely have to put the time in i always say that marketing doesn't happen by osmosis we would like it to happen like that but sadly it doesn't i know they can't just read your mind you know they actually actually have to see posts and and <laughs> looking for you on google and whatnot so yeah no, but you're right. It's not rocket science. We can all learn how to do it. And using, you know, you talked about data earlier, you know, Google Anal- Analytics, find out what's working for you and do more of it. Lean into what's working. You know, don't go, okay, well, I've got that sussed. I'm going to go off and do something else now. You just lean into what's working and it will make your life so much easier. That's great advice, Jen. I think that is a key thing. I often say that, you know, it's three to five like core activities, but it's also repetition. Mm-hmm. And I think we give up too soon because marketing isn't a quick thing. It's not a tap that you turn on and you do need to keep, you know, someone will say, oh, I've done an email campaign, like one email campaign. And then yeah. they expect the book or one Facebook ad and they're like, or I put a, a reel out and they expect instantaneous i know we have a very sort of on-demand society now but they do sort of think it's all going to happen immediately and i always say that the marketing that you do now will have an impact in sort of three months time which sort of is possibly bad news to your ears and that you might might not like that but it you know obviously you can do promotions when you've got you know availability to shift or a cancellation but you know ultimately the longer term positive effects of your marketing do take time to build which is why it's so important. Like I realized when we were launching, I started nine months out, not one week before we're due to open, which is what typically happens. Yes, I know. I think that panic sets in and you're like, oh, I'm going to launch. I've got to go for bookings. And, you know, gone are the days that you can put something on, say Airbnb, and then just go, woohoo, done, you know? And yes, if, if it's a side hustle, if you've got another job, you know, there's no shame. But If you're wanting to build your business and this is the primary income or what you're wanting to do, then there does need to be a bit more work in there. Exactly. Yeah. 
So if you're listening, come to the Direct Booking Success Summit, October 3rd to 5th, directbookingsuccesssummit.com. Sign up. Sarah's going to be speaking. We've got 22 presentations this year. I know. I know. Bit crazy. And Sarah's going to be talking about how to turn your website into a direct booking magnet. Now, I've got all of Sarah's links here. I'm going to put them in the show notes. But where can listeners connect with you? The best place to find me is on Instagram, which is at Get Fully Booked. And also I have a free Facebook group, which is the Hospitality Marketing Lounge. And that's a good place to come and hang out with a a load of other hosts. And we talk about marketing. Brilliant. Thank you, Sarah, so much. I'll put those links in the show notes as well as a link to the summit. And we will see you there. Thank you. See you there. Hey, thanks for listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast. For more information about this episode and others, head to the website, directbookingsuccess.com slash podcast. See you next time.